Hello and welcome to Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, and I'm being joined today by a special guest co-host, Heart of Lab from the Pension Plan Puppets. What's going on, Heart of? Uh, not bad. I'm um, doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Hopefully your uh, holidays are going uh, pretty well. I know I'm having a lot of fun time getting some time off. You enjoying the holidays? Yeah, it's nice uh, between school and... Uh... Yeah, just at the, at the rink right now watching the Marlies game and uh, hanging out with family and all that kind of stuff. Hey, man, beautiful way holiday thing. Beautiful yeah. way to spend the holidays. It's not too oh, bad. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, we're going to get through a few things today. We're going we're gonna to talk about just some, some notes that's going on around the Leafs and around the league a little bit. And then uh, we're going to preview tonight's Minnesota game against the Wild. Uh, should be a pretty good one, Minnesota, playing a lot better as of late. So it should be more competitive than I think... We would have thought it would have been heading into the season. And then uh, I'm going to let you go. And then on the way back uh, for the final segment, I'm going to go through my all-decade team, which uh, which I'm excited to kind of share with the listeners here. So hopefully you guys stick around for that. But real quick, we got some good news this morning. I kind of woke up to it. Justin Hall getting re-signed to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He signs a three-year extension. $6 million over three years. That's $2 million per. What were your thoughts on the signing? Um, I liked it. I'm happy with the signing. Uh, I know he hasn't played many NHL games, um, but the games that he was in uh, this season, I think he's been great. I think it's worthwhile for the Leafs to uh, maybe get him at a lower value than what they probably would have had to pay in the summer um, right now. Uh, three years is, you know, term, but it's, you know, manageable. Uh, it's not a contract that is untradeable if things go wrong or things go badly. I see no downside, really. Um I know the Leafs are really tight to the cap, but they do have money to spend on defense this season. Um, they're going to have to get a guy to probably play with him, or unless they play him with Riley for some, for some way. Um, but yeah, I like it. I have no problems with the signing. I really like Justin Paul with the Marlies. He was amazing. He was like a top guy for them. Uh, and he's really turned around into something really, really useful for the Leafs. Uh, so I love it. I have no problem with it. I guess I- at the end of the day... Um, no one's going to really love it. No one's going to really hate it. It's just kind of something that's pretty reasonable. So I, for that, um, for contract, I think it's pretty great. Yeah, I liked it a lot myself. You know, he's a guy who can play in your bottom four right now. He's 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 playing some very serviceable minutes in your second pairing, yeah. which I think is fine. Uh, he might be a little more suited as a third pairing defenseman if they can upgrade the right side. But obviously, they're they're really weak out there on the right. But you know, he's a guy who can also kill penalties. He blocks shots, uh, and he just like he he's eating minutes, and he's. He hasn't gotten hurt either at all, which means that the durability factor is is something that you really want, especially now you see a bunch of these injuries starting to really accumulate for the Leafs. He's a guy who's been able to stay healthy and stay out onto the ice, which is what you want. And like you said, $2 million isn't that bad. And when you consider that the cap over the next three years is going to keep rising, you would assume that it's going to keep rising. Um, you know, the, the, the cap percentage is going to look a lot less over the next few years. And you'd have to assume at, what's he, 25, 26 years old, uh, the next three years are probably going to be his prime. Like, he's a guy who keeps taking a step up year after year. Like, he's somebody who started off in the ECHL and then kind of worked his way. The Marlies gave him a, an AHL contract, and then from there, the, the Leafs ended up signing him. And uh, now he signs a multi-year deal with arguably the most prestigious team in hockey like it's it's really a good story um of course yeah and, um just sorry to just jump in there but yeah uh, yeah he was a second round pick in chicago um fell right out of the organization uh in the ECHL, didn't get an nhl contract 
and then just was picked up by the lease by Kyle Dubas. He was one of his first, like, first or second signings he ever made. And, you know, he's here, and he got $6 million, which, you know, you can't really fault him. Well, you got to really praise him for that, right? That's that's a lot of commitment. He didn't want to uh, get traded when he wasn't getting played by Babcock. So he's here, he got his money, and we should all be happy. And, like, in terms of him as a player, he's, um, I think he's an average defenseman at this point. I don't know if he's a third-pair defenseman. I think he's kind of pushed ahead of that. And uh, since and this year, uh, Tyson Berry makes a little over $2 million, and he's kind of been an average defenseman for uh, the Leafs. So I can say it's pretty good value, all things considered. Definitely. And for me, I think I like the fact that it gives a little more clarity in the back end situation for next yeah. year. Uh, like they have almost everybody except for Morgan Riley and <clears throat> Dermott's an RFA. But other than Riley, they didn't have a single defenseman in their in their top six that is locked up next season. Uh, so now you, you get you get Hall locked up. And now the focus, I think, shifts to try and get Muzzin and or Tyson Berry signed before the deadline. Would you agree, or do you think that that might be it for in-season signings and these two will either maybe be moved or something that they look to try and get done uh, in the summer once the season's over? I think the Leafs are going to go after Jake Muzzin. I think they're going to try and sign him. I don't know if he's going to want to. I don't know if he's going to want to sign a contract until after the playoffs are done. Perhaps maybe free agency if he can test it. But he's on the older side, so maybe if he can get the money he can get, he might sign it. Uh, Tyson Berry, I don't know if the Leafs are going to sign him. He's been pretty underwhelming, and um, based on the points he's had in the previous years, I don't think he's going to be like. I don't think he's going to cost the Leafs. Like, I think he's going to cost too much for the Leafs. I don't know if he's going to be able to fit into their uh, roster. Um, so, which means they're going to have to find another right-hand defenseman again. Uh, I think if if the if the Leafs go keep Riley. Uh, they bring back Mudson, uh, which they can afford to do, and then they have Hall. I don't know where um, Travis Dermott is this next season. I don't know if he's on the Leafs team or not. Uh, I'm not saying he will like um, like get into the minors or anything, but perhaps he's part of a trade because um, you have Rasmus Sandin, you have Timothy Lilligren. They have looked amazing in the Marlies so far. They have looked completely unreal. Um, they are poised to come up and be the third pair next year, so... That quickly is already five spots, and if you don't trust Dermot with Riley, which uh, Mike Gabcock nor Sheldon Keith have trusted him with, uh, I'm not really sure what you do with him. Yeah, but I think the saving grace for that is the fact that he is comfortable playing on the right side. So you talk about how the, the Leafs are going to need a right-hand shot defenseman because Justin Hall right now is the only right shot defenseman they have locked up next year. You know, maybe Lilligren does come up. We he, he got the call up to the Leafs. He's yet to play a game, though, unfortunately. I'd like to see it happen at some point uh, over the next little bit. But as of now, you know, maybe hit what's going to end up happening with with Dermot is that he ends up flipping over to the right, which is something that we've seen happen before. I know that he uh, he hasn't played on the right side uh, much this season, but you know when when he was playing with the Marlies, that was something that when he was with Sheldon Keith, he did trust him on the right. So that, I think that is something yeah. that might keep him uh, keep him on right. this team. It was mostly sorry, yeah, he didn't play him very much on the right. It was mostly uh, Martin Merton. It was he can he can play the right. I don't know if that's where he's probably going to be put all the time. If it's on the third pair, um, it's really tough to... I don't know what Dermot's going to make on his next contract. If it's more than a million and a half, um, I'd be skeptical because it's a, he's a third pair defenseman at this point. Uh, we haven't seen him improve at all, and right now money is really, really tight. So it might be a, uh, a scenario where the Leafs have to trade him 
and something else and probably improve and get someone on the right side. That's, that's just my thinking because I don't think Release can afford to keep him as a luxury on the third pair, and I don't think he's good enough to be in the top four. I don't think he can play with Riley. All right, well, let's move on a little bit because there was some more yeah. news that we got to kind of chat about here. Rasmus Sandin today in the World Juniors for Sweden uh, in their win today did end up leaving the game with a wrist injury. X-rays did come back as negative. Uh, not too sure if there was a timetable that, that came out. I didn't quite see one. Uh, hopefully it's not serious and he'll be able to continue uh today in the or in the tournament because I thought he's been playing really well and he's really been making a name for himself at this tournament you're a guy who covers the Toronto Marlies and you've kind of seen him all season long what can you tell me about Rasmus Sandin and how much of a jump he's really taken over the last couple of months since we last saw him when he made the team out of training camp yeah he's only been getting better he's been amazing I've I the, the Marlies are so lucky to have Sandin and Lilligren as a top pair because they're just so dominant whenever they're on the ice they uh play together they're really really strong they move the puck they rarely have instances in their own zone when they're kind of running around and getting chased um i really like them i really like sandine a lot uh he's a really sharp player he knows where to put the puck um sometimes it's a little dangerous but you know we see that with mitch Marner all the time where he kind of makes a pass you didn't think was uh, possible and you know you kind of just have to live with it because it works, right? It, 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 you can't really fault it if it works. So I really like Sandy, and I think he's a really, really smart defenseman. Uh, he's gotten a lot better in terms of his movement. Uh, he's really quick. He's really uh, strong. So uh, I really like him, and he has a bit of a nasty side, too. Uh, you kind of see it in the board, along the boards. He has to be a little bit tougher in order to keep up, in order to stay um, with the rest of the, uh, uh, of the opponents uh, when they're bigger than him. So, yeah, I really like Sandy. Uh, I hope he gets better soon. Um, last year, Sandine and Lilligren both got injured at the World Juniors, so that was a little scary. But uh, I hope he doesn't miss much time and he gets back to the Marlies and has a good run with them because uh, he's really, really important. Uh, the Marlies' defense right now is um, it's a lot of third pair defensemen uh, tonight, uh, today uh, against Cleveland, so they could really use him right now. Him, uh, Kevin Halmy, and uh, uh, Marinson, yeah. Uh, another player who got injured, uh, over the weekend actually is Ilya Mikheyev. Uh, he's back in yeah. Toronto now after spending a couple of nights in New Jersey. He suffered a, a lacerated wrist, uh, lacerated wrist, which cut into the tendons there. It was a really scary scene. Kind of, we saw him leave his glove and, and dart off into the dressing room and kind of leaving a, a, a trail of blood behind uh which was kind of kind of gruesome to see um i don't know if you saw this but actually kyle dubas stayed with him overnight in yeah. new jersey and for the you know the next couple of days and actually came back with him to toronto which i thought was a really nice gesture and says something about kyle dubas and the culture that he's now trying to build in the you know in, in toronto yeah i agree i don't think that's nothing i think that's really important i think it's really really nice to see i think it, it creates a bit of a bond with players it gives them the trust factor that he won't just kind of be ruthless with them he's a human being he knows that everyone else is human beings as well and it's really really nice i really enjoyed hearing about that story because it made me feel really good and it, it i feel a little bit more comfortable with dubis uh, as a gm because i feel like he can he won't get like he won't be screwed over he won't try to do any kind of um sneaky things which i i don't like to see sometimes because it it's a it's a sport full of humans so you don't want to be inhuman towards them 
I think, too, something that's important to think about is the fact that Mikheyev, you know, this is his first year over in North America, yeah. a Russian kid, doesn't have any family or friends here, really, uh, other than the, I guess, probably the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they yeah. had a game that, you know, the, the following day that they had to go and play, so they couldn't stick back with him. So Kyle Dubas, really, the only person that he knew that could have stayed back, and, and Dubas clearly saw that and and knew that you know a kid who could barely speak english uh was going to be left over overnight in a, in a new jersey hospital probably would feel way more comfortable with somebody that he knew it with him so good on dubis yeah. for uh for seeing that uh all right coming up on the other side we're going to preview tonight's leafs game against minnesota the game that will end the year of 2019 for toronto but also end the decade and that'll be coming up in just a moment All right, welcome back to Locked On Leafs Podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside Heart of Lad from the Pension, pen, pension Plan Puppets. Uh, so the Maple Leafs playing real hot as of late. They got points in third. They got points in uh, seven of the last. No, what is it? Seven of the last eight games. Six of the last seven games. Sorry, thirteen of a possible fourteen points. Um, just ended their six-game winning streak the other night against New York. What are your thoughts going into tonight's game against Minnesota, who also are having a really good December? They're 9-3-1 and one, uh, in this month, 4-1 and one in their last five. What are you expecting tonight in this one? Uh, I expect a really good game. Um, Minnesota and Toronto always play each other really well. Uh, they're always tough. Jason Zucker is a beast against the Leafs. He always needs to score. He's an amazing, super underrated player in this league. Uh, so it's going to be a tough matchup. I think the, the Marlies, sorry, the Leafs, sorry. <laughs> I'm at the Marlies game. I think the Leafs are going to have a bit of a tough uh, task on their hands. Um, you know, it's um, a tough opponent. I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, they just came back from uh, a couple of days off. They're in. They're on the road. They're with their, uh, their friends. And, um, oh, yeah, and Timo Kivahelmi is up with the team. He's a Minnesota native, so uh, that'll be fun. That'll be a nice little bonding experience. So, uh yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited for the game. I think th- these are two pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, I hope the Leafs come out on top. I think for Toronto, for them, the reason why they're they're kind of just keep on rolling despite the injuries that they've kind of accumulated over the course of the month is a big reason for that is the play of Austin Matthews as of late. What have you noticed in his game so far that has really allowed him to kind of turn a quarter and become the dominant number one two-way center that uh, we all thought that he could be? Oh, man, he's just... He commands the ice, honestly, uh, in all areas now. Before, uh, he would be really dominant in the offensive zone, through the neutral zone, of course, uh, with Nylander by his side. Uh, but now he's starting to really take over the ice in his own zone and in the middle of, of the middle of the ice. And it's really, really amazing to see. It's, he's so, so good. Uh, I think early in the year he was uh, taking – he kept up his uh, shot rates uh, early in the year, but they were from farther away. Uh, recently now he's starting to come closer to the net. He's starting to move closer. He's – uh, got an amazing shooting percentage. He's got an amazing expected goal. So, um, yeah, I guess he's just rolling along. He's just doing what he always does. And um, he's improved defensively. He's uh, taken on more responsibility. He's been playing more, which I think also helps. Uh, and, yeah, it's uh, he's been amazing. He's been great. I I am so lucky to uh, have him on, uh, on our team uh, as a franchise player. 
Definitely. And I think also the fact that over the last couple of games, him and Marner have really found some magic and they've been really, really good in the offensive end. But also JT and Nylander, uh, do you think that these pairings should get a a bit of a longer run here uh, just because of how well they've played lately? Yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like you can mix up those four players in any kind of way you want and you get a very similar result. Um, Nylander is the best possession player on the Leafs. He creates the best chances for his teammates and for himself. And uh, him and Marner are essentially identical in terms of how much they can create for their uh, for their lines. Uh, Matthews and Tarara is also, they do it in different ways, but they're still both uh, unreal players. And, uh, you know, if you put them with complimentary players, I, 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 they can do whatever they want with those four, and it would be amazing because right now they have good chemistry, they work well together, and they have a good dynamic of... Uh, of a scorer and a possession player who can uh, move the puck in and uh, play with stars. And you have, you know, your complimentary left wingers like Hyman and McKeon, who's unfortunately injured and uh, players like that. So uh, they're just amazing. They can just walk them around as much as you want. And uh, yeah, it, they're just, I don't see what I don't see uh, a, re, a way to determine which is a better uh, duo because um, they're both so similar. Yeah, and they're playing outstanding. I mean, you blink and you look, and now Matthews just two goals back in the Richard race. It's, yeah, it's wow. insane. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Think back to the beginning of December when Austin Matthews went, what, five games without a goal? And now it's the end of December, and he's two goals back in the Richard race. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, he's just that's, been that's on a absolute, tear. Yeah, that's the ups and flows of a season, and... Uh... You just kind of have to go with it and grind through it, and um, you'll get the chances eventually. Uh, all right, so something that we do here in every pregame uh, tee-up, we give uh, we give predictions, but we also give keys to the game. So is there a key to the game that you think the Maple Leafs are going to have to do tonight to get a W in Minnesota? Um, my key to the game would be uh, make sure that the defense is able to lock down the middle of the uh, net. The Wild are a very heavy team. They go to the net very. Uh, they go to the net a lot. They have really strong quality of chances and not great uh, quantity. So uh, they'll need to lock down the part of the net. The, the forwards will definitely need to help a lot. Uh, I think the centers are going to be really important, and the wingers down low. Um, they all need to buy in. They all need to make sure that they're communicating with each other. And um, yeah, they can't give up too much because if they do, it'll be high quality chances. So. That's my key to the game. Make sure that the defensive end is good because you'll get your chances on the offensive end. Just let it come to you. For me, I think it's going to be cliche as cliche gets, but you know, take advantage on the power play. I think Minnesota's struggling on the penalty kill. They're 24th in the league, operating at just 78%. And you look at this power play, ever since Sheldon Keefe's come and taken over through the top power play unit, and it's a big reason why they're on a big stretch right now. And I think you keep the power play going and you convert on those opportunities, that's when Toronto's at their best. And uh, if they can keep that going, I can see them getting a win here in Minnesota tonight. My prediction, I think the Leafs do get the W. They close out. 2019 with a win 4-2 is my prediction what's yours for prediction yeah um, it could be anything oh, it could know. be somebody scores it could be a hat trick a score anything mm. I think Neil Ender scores tonight I don't know what the score will be but I think Neil Ender scores tonight <laughs> I'm feeling pretty strong about that you feel strong about a win yeah 
Uh, pretty strong about a win, too. I think I just watched the uh, Kenny Agassino for the Marley, so. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for uh, for our portion here. Appreciate you hopping on and chatting with me. Uh, and thank you so much. Uh, everybody, go ahead. Go follow him on Twitter at Heart of Lag. Go read his work on Pension Plan Puppets. Uh, I'm sure he shares it all on Twitter as well. I know he does, in fact. Uh, and uh, always always support the written word. That's one of the, one of the best uh, pieces of work out there, I believe. And it's unfortunately kind of a dying industry, but, you know, Good writers such as yourself uh, keeps it alive as much as possible. So we appreciate that. And I also appreciate you coming on to the show and helping me out today. Yes, of course. Anytime. Thank you so much for the kind words. All right. Take care, Hardiv. Enjoy the game. All right. Yeah, Happy you New too. Year. Have a good night. You Bye. too. All right. Coming up on the other side, I'm going to give you my Leafs all-decade team. And there's going to be a couple of surprises, but... There's a lot of players on this current team, which just goes to show kind of how brutal this decade was for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's coming up on the other side. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Mike DiStefano here, Heart of Lad, has uh, taken off for this segment. Uh, Zub's unable to uh, be with us today on the podcast, so you got a, a solo Mike DiStefano here for the final segment, but it's okay because we're just going to go through and we're going to kind of close out the decade and talk about what the Leafs did um, over the last 10 years uh, everybody's kind of doing this end of decade stuff so I figured I'd go ahead and put together an all decade team for the Leafs and I, I learned a couple of things I learned that a this decade sucked uh, <laughs> like there's so many players that are from this team or from the last couple of years uh, and the mid Middle of the decade was terrible. The beginning of the decade really didn't have much going on either. Uh, but the last couple of years has been pretty good for the Leafs. And I think the next decade, uh, we're pretty well set for, for some success, which is going to be really nice to see. Um, but here we go. Uh, I have you know left wingers, centers, right wingers. I got them all in the lines. Left D, right D, and, uh, and the two goaltenders. So on the first line, I got JVR with Austin Matthews and Phil Kessel. I think that would be an outstanding line. You got JVR out there screening people. Matthews with his unbelievable shot. Kessel, he can come off the wing and score. Between the three of those, there should be a lot of goals. Uh, and that would have been a really nice line if they would have been able to kind of keep Kessel during the Matthews and JVR era. That would have been a really good line to see. Uh, line number two. This one's going to sound a little familiar. Zach Hyman, John Tavares, Mitch Marner. Uh, kind of weird when you think about it. Zach Hyman, the second best left winger that the Leafs have had in a decade. I, but it's true. Like I, I went through and I tried to find a couple of guys. Uh, there is one other player that I think who who is on this team who we may qualify. He had a couple of good seasons. But I think that you look at what that line has done over the past few seasons, it's it's something that I'm looking forward to and it's something that I think I want to keep together so I think Hyman, JT, and Marner probably a, a really good bet here for, for an all-decade lineup alright, the third line here is the Triple K line Leo Komarov Nazem Kadri, Kasperi Kapanen, the Triple K line that would be such an annoying 
hasty team to play against. You know, Uncle Leo, he was kind of getting up in it. We all know that Kadri, when he had a, a mean streak to him, he could be one of the most annoying players to play against. And Kasperi Kapanen, he's proven to be a pretty decent third liner. Uh, he, he, you know, kill, goes out there, kills penalties, plays well uh, in his own end. But then all three of these guys, more so Kadri and Kapanen, I guess, uh, also could provide a spark offensively. And we saw the one season that Komarov, he made an all-star team. So he, he's somebody who I think uh, deserves to kind of be on this list and he could play in his own zone too. So I think the three of those guys, the triple K line uh, is our third, third line shutdown. And, uh, and so that's that. And then on the fourth line, Joffrey Lupul, he was someone who I thought maybe could play up the lineup a little bit. The problem with Lupul, he was, he was so unhealthy. He didn't end up playing a lot of games, but when he played, he was outstanding. He was really, really good uh, alongside Tyler Bozak, who I have as the fourth line center. Uh, those two, and then I think JVR was the other part of that kind of lineup. They were really good. Uh, I thought that that line really was the only offense, along with, with Kessel, uh, the only offense we had kind of through the, the mid, beginning to middle of the decade, uh, but Lupul, a couple of really strong seasons uh, for the Maple Leafs, plus there really isn't a lot on the left side, so Lupul's one of those guys, I think Nikolai Kuhleman was maybe somebody who just got left off the list, but I decided to go uh, Komarov and Lupul over Kuhleman. Uh, Bozak, I already mentioned, being the fourth center, I think that's kind of self-explanatory. He was with this team for so many years, a guy that they signed right out of college, and uh, he was outstanding, I thought, while he was here. Went on to win a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, which was great, too. And then William Nylander, uh, you know, I think it'd be hard-pressed to, to try and find a better winger than William Nylander uh, in the last few years, uh, other than, you know, Marner and Kessel, who I already have. I think Nylander kind of slots in there. I think Nylander's a better than Kapanen, but in terms of putting him together a lineup, I have him as, as the, the fourth-line winger, and he can play up and down your lineup up anyways but really solid player and he's been around for a few years now so he deserved to be on this team and he's been one of the better offensive uh, forces for the Maple Leafs over the course of the last few years and I guess the decade considering that the first half of the decade they had basically no offense whatsoever all right let's move on to the defense here Morgan Riley 100% he's been the best defenseman for the Maple Leafs in this decade almost a Norris trophy candidate last season this year he's kind of regressed a little bit unfortunately but I think over the last couple of seasons you look and, and Riley's really turned into a solid defenseman um and he certainly deserves to be here as as the best of the bunch when it comes to to the back end for the maple leafs dion phaneuf uh he was the captain how can you not have dion phaneuf on this team it didn't end very well but he had a couple of good seasons <coughs> sorry about that he had a couple of good seasons in Toronto, so Dion Phaneuf is my guy here. Uh, the next pairing, Muzzin and Barry. Uh, Barry, it was it was kind of I was thinking whether or not Tyson Barry deserved to be on this list because it's it's his first year here and he's kind of struggled a little bit. But honestly, go ahead, do it. Go look from 2010 all the way until now and go look at the defensemen. Like, we need to put Roman Polak up here, Ron Hainsey. I don't know. I, I 
don't think they deserve to be there. I think Tyson Berry, despite the numbers not being there uh, so far this season, I think he is unequivocally one of the best right-hand shot defensemen that we have seen in the last 10 years on this Leaf squad. And just keep in mind how happy everybody was when he got traded to the Maple Leafs earlier this offseason, uh, which sent Kadri Pack into Colorado. So that's why I decided to put him in there. Jake Muzzin, obviously, he's been a, a force uh, in both ends, really. I, I wasn't expecting him to be you know, as good as he is in the offensive end, but he shoots a lot and uh, gets pucks on net, but also he's a force in his own end. He lays the body. Uh, he, he gets in front of shots. He's killing penalties. He's playing heavy, heavy minutes here for the Maple Leafs. He's been the arguably the best defenseman for the Leafs so far this season. Uh, right now, he's injured, which sucks, but uh, hopefully he'll be back rather soon and, and get it going for the Leafs down the, the second half of the season. All right, my third pairing, Jake Gardner and Luke Shen. Luke Shen, another guy like, oh, really? Shen? Nah. Plus, he got traded kind of early into, into the into the, um, into the decade. But he, he was good for the Leafs while he was there. And he was good enough to bring back JVR, who was arguably one of the best wingers that we've had over the last 10 years. So I think Shen... Uh, it, there was at one point he was considered he could be the, the next captain of the Maple Leafs. I remember back when Brian Burke was GM, he said, we could have got John Tavares. We could have traded up to number one in the draft and took Tavares if we would have put Luke Shen in the deal. But he didn't want to do that because he was a future captain, or so they thought. Uh, he ended up kind of dialing it back a little bit. He wasn't as good as he was uh, back in, in 2008 like he was or he wasn't as good in 2011, 2010, like he was in 2008 when he was a rookie phenom for the Leafs. But nonetheless, I uh, I, I decided to put him there. Jake Gardner, again, a guy put together 50-point seasons. Uh, the defense over the course of the entire decade was bad. So he, he's there. I think the other defenseman who I kind of considered, only because of who he is and more so what he did in the first decade and more so on name himself, would have been Thomas Caberlet. He only played, I guess if you look into the decade, he got traded two months into the decade uh, to the Boston Bruins that year. So I decided to leave him off the list. But if you're looking for best players over the course, uh, I think he might have been deserving so of this team. And then uh, Freddie Anderson. He's the best goalie that we've had since Curtis Joseph. So Freddie Anderson, by far and away, is the number one pick there for the starting goalie. And then the backup goaltender position was going to lean McElhaney, but then I said, no, 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 no. James Reimer, this is the guy who I think a lot of Leaf fans kind of fell in love with for whatever reason. I know Steve Dangle, that's his baby, that's his boy. But I think Reimer did a lot of really good things in Toronto. I thought, you know, there was those couple of games during the 18-wheeler the, the seasons where he was getting peppered 50 shots a game and somehow keeping the Leafs in it. You know, it could have easily been 6 7 one, seven nothing games through a lot of those years. And he really was a, a solid goaltender. Couldn't quite stay healthy healthy a lot of the time and even this uh, later into his career health continues to be a problem for him but I think Reimer if you look at it kind of he supplanted uh, a couple of guys uh, for them and ended up earning the number one goaltending position I think in Toronto before Anderson came into the picture uh, he, he kind of pushed Jonathan Bernier out who was supposed to be their number one when they earlier in the decade they gave up I think it was a second round pick Ben Scrivens and and somebody else maybe Ben Andres was part 
part of that deal. I don't remember. Maybe nah, somebody else. Uh, but I think it was really only between those two. Uh, McElhaney had the one great season uh as the backup goaltender so you can maybe make that argument and especially since how much Leaf fans are missing McElhaney right now but at the end of the day he really wasn't the best goaltender anyways I think he just um he was in a good situation and uh he was playing well but I think Reimer is a guy when you look at an all-decade team deserves to be there ahead of McElhaney who maybe performed a little bit better uh, numbers wise but Reimer Fandom's going to take over on that one, and, and we'll stick him as your backup goaltender. So that's my all-decade team for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, I'll roll through it. JVR, Matthews, Kessel, line one. Hyman, John Tavares, Marner, line two. To Triple K line, Komarov, Kadri, Kapanen, line three, shutdown. Lupul, Bozak, and Willie Nylander as my fourth line. And then Riley and Fanuff as my number one pairing defensively. Muzzin and Barry as the number two. And then Gardner and Luke Shen as the third pairing defenseman. Anderson and Reimer in the pipes. That is my all-decade team. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed the exercise. But again, it just kind of made me realize how terrible the Leafs were in the 2010s. But, like I said, you look at how many of these players are currently on the team. You got Matthews, Hyman, Tavares, Marner, Kapanen, Nylander, Riley, Muzzin, Barry, Anderson. That's nine players, nine or ten players that are currently on this team right now going forward that have been the best players that the Leafs have had over the last 10 years. So that's a good side. And they got some more coming. You know, we talked about Rasmus Sandin. Uh, Heart of Lad talked about how good he's been over the last year or two. Uh, also, Timothy Lilligren. Um, you know, Andres Janssen is a really good player. He may be on this list in the next decade. He arguably could have been there now. He was another player who I kind of contemplated, uh, but decided to kind of leave leave him off because he hasn't done enough quite yet for me. Uh, but, yeah, no, re- really good things ahead for the Maple Leafs. So we could put the 2010s behind us and let's look forward to the 2020s where I'm going to say it right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs will end the Stanley Cup drought in the 2020s and win a cup and bring it to Toronto and it's gonna be a party. All right, that is going to do it for us here. Happy New Year, folks. Uh, Stay safe, stay warm, and uh, have a good one. We'll chat with you in 2020. Enjoy the game tonight. Happy New Year. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.